Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Welcome morning everyone. It's great to see you all. How's this side doing this morning? That's even a cheer. They're doing really good. I can see a Christmas jumper here. Seth, can you just like stand up and give us a twirl? Because he does have a cool jumper on. Go on, Chris. Up, Seth. Let's give it for Seth. Give us a twirl. Give us a twirl. So we can see. How is this side doing over here? Now, straight away, blessing. Stand up and show us that Christmas cardigan. Stand up. Give us a twirl. This is very funky. Where is this from, blessing? But ask Amanda. She... Amanda, is she here? She's not here. Well, she's got very good taste. Well, a happy Christmas Eve to you all. And for everyone listening at home on podcasts, we wish you a wonderful Christmas too. Now, Blessing is pointing to me because we did miss David out. David, can you give us the 12, please? Come on, stand up. Check this one out, everyone. Where is this purchased from, David? Uh, I can't remember. I think, I think it was Asda. Asda. Blessing, check the label. Come on, check the label. See where it's from. It's not Asda at all, is it? That's not a George label. Well, anyway, if you want a good Christmas jumper, Seth, David or Blessing, go have a word with them later. So this morning, we are just going to spend... Just a few moments, just going right back to the Christmas story. Because where else can we go on Christmas Eve? And during our worship, you know, I uh, referred to the fact that we can become so familiar with the Christmas story. Yeah, it's Mary, it's Joseph, the star, the angel, that we can actually dilute, actually, the absolute awe and the absolute significance of the Christmas story. It's not just a cute nativity. It's not just a cute story that all has a happy ending. But actually, the story of Christmas in God's word is the most powerful and the most dramatic event that has ever touched our planet. And it's over how many years old? Thank you, Evan. 2,017 years old. You know, some fairy tales, they can go on for 20, 50, 100 years, but this is a story that is over 2,000 years old, but today it's still changing lives. It's changed my life. Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening at home, and the truth of this story has changed your life. So we are going to just go straight back to this story, but I am not just going to read it playing. We're going to have a bit of fun with it. Is that okay? Can we have a bit of fun this morning? You're not going to go serious on me, are you? Please. Is anyone going to go serious on me? No. You're going to have a bit of fun with me. And I'm going to need a lot of audience participation. Some of you are primed. You have sweaty palms already because you know you have got a special role to play. The rest of you, let's just go with it, because and at the end, I'm just going to share a couple of things that I just feel God 
just has put on my heart for all of us this morning. So does that sound okay? Are we good? So the first thing we've got to do is we've all got to take a clock. Imagine that is your clock. Hands out. Let's see your clock. Steve's got his clock. Tim's got his clock. And we are going to wind anti-clockwise. Bless him. We know what anti-clockwise is, which way we're going. We're going to wind back 2017 years, thank you, Evan, ago. And we find ourselves not in Charlotte Street, not in this beautiful building with Christmas trees, because it hadn't yet happened. So they hadn't got any of these yet. But we find ourselves in the Roman Empire. And our first character in our story is a beautiful young lady by the name of Mary. Once more, also the name of Mary. So let's welcome Mary. Let's give her a round of applause this morning. This is our Mary. And the Bible tells us that Mary was a young girl. We don't know exactly how old she was, but some would even say that Mary was actually as young as maybe 16, 17, 18. She was not a mature woman that had got it all together and had got loads of life experience. She was a young woman. But the Bible tells us a couple of more things. This woman was engaged. Take your ring off quick. No, it's okay. She was engaged to be married to her fiancé. Now, in those days, when you were engaged, it was as good as married. It was not like a thing you take lightly. She was as good as married to her young man, who we will meet in a moment. But the Bible says that Mary was pure. She was pure in heart. She loved God. She was a virgin. She was waiting. She was keeping herself pure physically until she got married. And she loved God. And maybe this particular day, maybe Mary was at home. Maybe she was doing her chores. So Mary, give us a bit of washing up. Give us a bit of sweeping. Pretend you're at home on a normal day after work. Give us a bit of dusting. You're tidying up Sam's mess. Everything else. She's at home and she's probably having a normal day because actually... God will come to us on normal days. Things happen in your normal day and my normal day. So she's having a normal, ordinary day. And the Bible says that an angel appeared to her. And this angel is called Gabriel. And he is like God's chief angel in the Bible. God had two chief angels, Gabriel and Michael. And Gabriel was the angel that would always take messengers that's right, messages. So God sent his chief messenger, Gabriel. And the Bible says that Gabriel appeared to Mary. And Mary was obviously shocked. Can you show us a really, that is brilliant. That, that is stunning. She is shocked. You know, she's dusting. She's not expecting this. And the Bible says that Gabriel says, Mary, highly favored one. You have been chosen to carry the Son of God. Imagine if you were Mary. What, how would you react? What would you do? You're minding your own business, probably thinking about your wedding invitations, doing your cleaning, and you have an encounter 
from God's chief angel. And Mary could have asked 722 questions, which probably is what I would have done. But she just asks the angel one question. How's that going to happen? Because I've not slept with Joseph. I'm a virgin. I know about the birds and the bees. So this, this, something needs to happen for me to get pregnant. How's this going to be? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you will become pregnant by God's Spirit. And then Mary, she could have then proceeded to ask another 700 questions. But she says one thing. She says, let it be, because nothing is impossible for God. Wow, would you have responded like that? Would I have responded like that? Incredible. She said, let it be. I wonder sometimes if we just need to say to God more, let it be. Okay, God, let it be. I'm giving you this situation. Let it be. Maybe we need to say to God more like Mary, actually, I'm going to let it be because nothing is impossible for you. It's a challenge, isn't it? I wonder if we need to be a little more like Mary. So we've got Mary. So Mary, you can carry on cleaning. You've got a lot of cleaning to do. No time to waste. So who's, who's the handsome guy that she's going to marry? Who is he? <laughs> Oh, that was quick. Who's the handsome guy? What's he called? Joseph. Welcome, Joseph, to the stage, everybody. Joseph, here he is, the man of the moment, Joseph. Now, Joseph, you see, I think he gets a bit of a harsh deal because Mary's had an incredible encounter from the gay angel Gabriel, Joseph has nothing. All Joseph has is he finds out his wife is pregnant. Well, that was definitely not... <laughs> that was definitely not me, so you're scratching your head, Joseph. It was not me. So... I'm putting two and two together and I'm getting 68. I don't know. And the Bible says that Joseph was a just man. That means, Joseph, you're a good man. You, you're a good man. And he cared about Mary so much, but he was obviously so disturbed by the fact that she was pregnant that the Bible says he decided to break off the engagement secretly. Maybe, I don't know what that means, maybe they had to go and do something secretly. He just thought, Mary, I, 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 I'm not marrying you. You're pregnant, you've gone off with someone else. I, I still care about you. I'm not going to hurt you publicly. But So, Joseph, you, yeah, you get your distance, Joseph. You're over here. And the, the Bible says he's having, he's having a sleep. Lie down. You're sleeping, Joseph. Lie down. And the Bible says that, in fact, he has a dream. You're dreaming, Joseph. You're dreaming. Snore, snore, snore. You're dreaming. And in the dream... An angel says to Joseph, stay with Mary, take her as your wife, because what she has conceived in her womb is of the Holy Spirit, it's of God. So Joseph wakes up from his dream and he decides, I'm going to trust that dream. 
let it be, let it be. So he goes, he takes Mary, and they become husband and wife. Oh, almost a round of applause there. You're not done yet. Stay there. We're only just getting into it. I wonder, talk about feeling out of your depth. Mary, Joseph, they're a young couple. Maybe Joseph was 17, 18, 20. They are totally out of their depth. Here they are. They're not married yet. She's pregnant. That was bad news in those days. They would have been looked down upon. Maybe their family said, we're going to disown you. They were totally, totally out of their depth. But the one thing they could do was trust in God. That was their only option. And that was what this young couple decided to do. Mary's response, let it be. Joseph, he takes Mary as his wife. They decided to trust in God, even though they couldn't see where on earth is this going? Why on earth is this happening? Even though they couldn't see all of that, they decided to trust God. And I wonder, do you ever feel out of your depth? I do. Do you ever find yourself in a situation and you're thinking, whoa, I don't get it. I don't have all the answers. I've never been this way before. This is not happening to anybody else around me. I think we've got to do what Mary and Joseph did. We've got to trust in our Heavenly Father. We've got to trust in Him. We've got to take it step by step, day by day. Because when we're feeling out of our depth, that's when His grace is even more powerful. That's when there's a miracle about to come in your life. When you're feeling out of your depth. So, moving on. I said that this story was during the time of the Roman Empire. So, we have a fierce, strong Roman soldier in the house today. Let's welcome our fierce, strong Roman soldier. Come on up, Seth. He is our Roman soldier of the day. So, he's mean. He's got all of his armour today. Because the Romans in those days, you did not mess with the Roman soldier. In fact, you did not mess with the Roman Empire full stop. When they said jump, you said how high? Because they were a tough, tough empire who were ruling. So, Seth, come and stand with us, Roman soldier, and give us a really mean and a really gruesome look. Come and stand next to Mary, Seth. That's it, he's done it. Take, take a stand over there. How's he looking? Get, give us a scary look, Seth. Oh. He means business. Wonderful. So, you're not laughing. You're a Roman soldier. They don't laugh. They're very serious. They are in charge. So, during this time, and we don't know in the Bible how far on Mary is pregnant, but the Bible says that the Romans ordered a census to be taken. And this was because they wanted to make sure enough taxes were being paid to them. So they said every family must travel to their hometown or home city and register. And it is 
compulsory. We don't care if you're pregnant. We don't care how old you are. You've got to do it. So Mary and Joseph find themselves, wow, we've got to go to Bethlehem. Joseph, you've got to break the bad news to your pregnant wife. You've got to go to Bethlehem. And you haven't got a car. You haven't got a train. You haven't even got your mobile phone to look at to keep you busy. Donkey. That's how you're getting there. Donkey. So off Mary and Joseph plod. So you might want to take a hand, Joseph, arm, Joseph, and you're doing a bit of plodding all the way to Bethlehem. You see, for Mary and Joseph, they probably thought, how inconvenient. How inconvenient. I have got to leave where I am and go on a donkey all the way to Bethlehem. But you see, this wasn't actually an inconvenience. This wasn't an accident. But the Bible says that God planned hundreds and hundreds of years ago that his son would be born in the town of Bethlehem. So actually, it was God's plan that the mean, nasty Romans were going to do this census because God needed to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. And 700 years before Mary and Joseph were even born, a prophet called Micah prophesied and said, in the town of Bethlehem, a ruler, a saviour will be born. I wonder if things in your life seem like an inconvenience. Like, God, what, what's going on? I didn't plan this. I didn't see this coming. I didn't expect this letter, this appointment, this diversion off my plan. Well, maybe sometimes when our timing or our plans look like they're all messed up, sometimes actually God's got a greater plan in your life. Maybe actually he's wanting to get you somewhere else or he's wanting to open another opportunity in your life. So Mary and Joseph, they were plodding, keep plodding, keep plodding all the way to Bethlehem. And finally, they arrive at Bethlehem. And Joseph says, come on, Mary. We've got to find somewhere to stay. Come on, come on. Okay, so Joseph, Joseph, you leave her on the donkey like, like a good man and start knocking. Premier Inn, Travel Lodge, B&Bs, Guest House, Airbnb. Uh, no, uh, uh, everything's full. Everything's full budget rooms, everything. And finally, finally, you come to like the most oddest looking innkeeper you can find. <laughs> the most, the most bizarre innkeeper. You can find it and you ask him, any room? Who is it? We don't need any double glazing here, we're fine. So your name is? Joseph. Uh, hi, Joseph. How are you? Right. You caught me at a bad time. I'm just sorting out the chicken, turkey, duck, potatoes, sausages, stuffing. Well, sorry, I missed your question. What was your question? Sorry, you caught me at a bad time. I don't have any room. I'm uh, sorry. I've got Ben and Jerry's to eat as a dessert and chocolate fudge cake and all the rest of it. There's no room here. Sorry, sorry. Have you tried down the road? I've, well, there is this place we've got. Oh, is it? Oh, right. happy for you. Um, 
we, 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 we do have a stable, if that's any use. I can do mates rates on it as well, if you're interested. Is it? All right. So there's a space just between the cow and the sheep. If you, if you ask Bertie nicely, she'll let you. Okay. Do you want to follow me? So off went the innkeeper. And he went to give Mary and Joseph the only little bit of room they could find. Here was the hay on the floor. And he took them into the stable. And the hay is actually spread out on the floor. <laughs> the hay is spread out. And there was even a little deer slash horse in the stable. And there in the stable, Mary and Joseph sat down. Thank you, innkeeper. Very good. <laughs> and there... Mary knew that her time was coming to have her baby. There was no other option. She wasn't in a hospital. She wasn't in a hotel. She didn't even have any luxuries or cleanliness. She just had Joseph in a stable. And there the Bible tells us that an incredible miracle happened, that her baby was in fact born. And we know him as baby Jesus. But you see, God could have sent, God could have sent a warrior. God could have sent an army. God could have sent a military force, a political leader. God could have sent anybody. But God decided to send his son in the form of a baby. Have you ever met something so weak, so vulnerable as a baby, totally dependent on its parents or carers? See, this baby was actually going to change the world forever. And sometimes I wonder if you ever feel actually like a baby, weak, vulnerable, helpless, and totally dependent on your Father God. And actually, when we feel weak, vulnerable, and helpless, that is usually the greatest time when God's power and grace wants to come through your life and my life. So, we have a baby. We have good news. And the Bible tells us this good news was too good to keep silent. God wanted to shout about the news. So the first people God decided to tell were the, were the shepherds. So welcome my shepherds. Come on up. Let's give them a round of applause. Where's my other shepherd? Come on up. So good shepherds always have to have a tea towel on their head. Because that, that is the standard for a good shepherd. So, and good shepherds. Good shepherds are carrying their sheep as well. So, in those days, back in the Bible times, 
shepherds were actually considered the lowest of the low. If they were in a caste, they would have been bottom of the pile. Okay, they were considered the outcasts. Usually shepherds would be like, have no, no worth of having a job in the town, so they would be flung out on the hills. You, you can go be a shepherd. They were the downcasts. They were the ones that people would walk by and lift their nose up to. And how incredible that God thought, who am I going to share my good news with first? I know the downcasts. I know the forgotten ones. I know the bottom of the pile ones. That's who I'm going to share my good news with because that's our God's heart. He loves the downcasts. He loves the forgotten. He loves others that people think, you know what, you're no good. I'm going to put you over there. And the Bible says that an angel appeared to the shepherds and said, good news, a saviour's been born. You've got to find him in a stable, in swaddling clothes. And then if one angel wasn't good enough, the Bible says that hundreds and thousands of angels joined in the, in the sky and the shepherds saw a choir of angels. Imagine, it'd be like Mariah Carey times a zillion. All those angels, they were singing the praises that this new king had been born. So shepherds, we know in the story that you run, you run, you run to Bethlehem and you go, you go to the stable and you find Mary and Joseph and they join with Mary and Joseph and celebrate the news of this new king. Now, usually in our nativity scenes and on our Christmas cards, what happens is we have the shepherds and we usually see the wise men. Is that true or false? Did the wise men come to the stable coming down to bless him? What do you think? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Blessing thinks yes, Richard. No, it would have been two years later. Spot on. Actually... The Bible says, when we break it down, like Richard has, the wise men did not come to the stable because they could not have made it there at that time. So, wise men, you can go take your seats again. Uh, shepherds, sorry. Shepherds, you can go take your seats again. And innkeeper, thank you very much. And Mary and Joseph, you can stay there, but you can pack your blanket away because you're no longer in a stable now. You're now in a home. And you've not got the little reindeer and sheep either. Roman soldier, you're still there because you're still in charge. In fact, you're very much in charge. You're still there. So the Bible actually tells us about the wise men that, as many of us know, there was a star that appeared in the sky. And the wise men are actually called the Magi. And the Magi were astrologers. They would study the stars, and this particular day, they saw this star that was so unusual. We don't know what it looked like, whether it was a comet, a star, we don't know, but something about that star arrested their attention. And when they looked into it, they said, a king has been born. That is the star. We must find the king. And the wise men, they probably lived in Persia or Babylon. And on their expeditions, they usually traveled in groups of 12. Three wise men, we don't really know if that's true. There were probably 
way more than three wise men to carry their supplies and their gifts and their food and their drink. So these wise men had to make the journey from Persia or Babylon over to Bethlehem. You see, it's incredible that they decided to follow the star. They were probably busy. They probably had schedules they were following. They were wealthy. They probably had a lot of things to do and organize. But something compelled them so much that these professional astrologers of great wealth and significance decided, you know what? We're going to drop what we're doing and we're going to go travel to Bethlehem. And the journey would have took somewhere between one to two years. So we know that Jesus was under two, but he was probably around 18 months. So they would have traveled for 18 months or thereabouts following this incredible star. And when it settled over the home of Mary and Joseph, they knew that they indeed had found a king. So wise man, I've got my wise man blessing. You're my wise man. Let's give it up for blessing. Blessing, you've got a rather swish gown, which you're going to, that is the bottom. You're just going to have to navigate your way through that gown. So this needs to go over the head. That's the one. Let's give him a round of applause while he's pulling it on. And he's got his three gifts. Oh, well done. He's there. And the Bible tells us, oh, I'm dropping them, sorry. You have got gold. You've got frankincense. And you have got myrrh. So you enter the home of Mary and Joseph. And you present them with the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And the Bible also tells us that you bow down and you worship the child because the wise men knew that actually they'd found a king, not just a babe, not just a toddler. They'd found a king. And the gold that the wise men bought represents kingship. They knew it was a king, so they bought gold. The frankincense was used as a perfume, and it represented holiness. They knew that this child was holy, incredibly special. And the myrrh was also a balm and a perfume. And the myrrh actually represented suffering and affliction because they believed at some point Jesus was going to come face to face with suffering and affliction in his life. So the wise men made that incredible journey over to Bethlehem and to see this baby. You see, I've already said it, but I think it's incredible that the wise men were willing to make that journey. And for every Christian here this morning, I want to encourage you that God wants you to keep being willing to make the journey with him, to keep taking your next step in your relationship with Jesus. God has got so much more for every single person here in 2018. But like the wise men, we've got to be willing to keep walking. We've got to be willing to keep following, even when we don't know what's ahead, even when we don't know where the final destination's going to land. Like the wise men, 
we've got to say, do you know what? I'm just going to keep following. I'm just going to keep taking the steps. I'm just going to keep going. Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening at home, and you're not a Christian. In fact, you don't even know if you fully believe all of this stuff. But maybe for you, I'd encourage you, maybe you could take one step on that journey of discovering, is this Jesus really king? Is this Jesus really real? Is he who he says he is? And I can promise you, if you take a step, if you embark on a journey of discovering who this Jesus is, you will not be disappointed. You will not be failed. You will not be left down. It's my greatest adventure, following this king. And you see, the wise men, they believed before they saw. They were traveling, let's say, 18 months. Camels, no aeroplanes, no, no internet to let the front friends and family know they're okay, no Facebook to put the photos. They were making this journey. They'd left their homes, probably their astrology business. But they believed that they were going to find a king even before their eyes saw the king. And friends, sometimes you and me, we got to believe in God. we got to believe in his promises. we got to believe that he's got the best for us. Even sometimes, like the wise men, when we can't see it, when we're going on the journey, when we're going through the desert, when we're trying to get to our destination, we got to believe it before we see it. Because God has got incredible things for you in 2018. But we've got to believe it before we can see it. It's easy to believe it when we see it. They could ascend, say, we, we want the proof for the baby before we make the journey. But they had to believe it before they saw it. And finally, the Bible says that not only did they give the gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, but they, they worshipped him. I wonder, blessing, if you want to just take to your knees, they worshipped him as their king. They worshipped him as their king. And you see, for me as a Christian, Christmas is all about the fact that the King of Kings came into the world. The Lord of Lords came into our world. And God desires, if you're a Christian here, God desires you to worship him in your life as king. What does that mean? That means that you make him king in every area of your life. Not just when you're here on a Sunday or at life group, but in every area of your life, you say, Jesus, you can be king. You can be king of my relationships. You can be king of my home. You can be king of my money. You can be king of how I spend my time. You can be king because he's not a baby. He's our king and he's our Lord of Lords. Maybe you're here or you're listening and you're not yet a Christian. God's greatest desire for you is that you take that one step of saying, I think I may want you to become king in my life. Show me what that looks like. Show me what that means. God will show you. Don't turn religious. We, I don't like religion. Don't go serious. Don't lose your personality. You be you. And as you invite Jesus in as your king, he'll show you how to live. He'll show you what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, what to watch, what not to watch. He'll show you because he's a powerful king, but he's a gentle king, and he's a king that cares. So this morning, wow, 
Are we willing to make the journey with Jesus like the wise men did? Are we willing to believe in all that God wants to do in our lives even before we can see it with our own eyes? And are we going to worship him as our king in every area of our life? For he is worthy. Let's give our, our volunteers a round of applause, shall we? Thank you. Wonderful. I'm just going to pray before I hand back to Dave there. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.